Just for a minute, before we dive into some of the words and internalize them, I would want to take a step back and remind yourself what we started this week with. Knowing him, knowing the one who you worship. But so many times we are affected by things in this world that we don't fully even realize how much at times. Yesterday, I believe that Brother Dig mentioned a song that was talking about it feels so right. The other day in class, I quoted Annie from Anne of Green Gables in the new version that said, how can this be wrong when it feels so right? So many times, so many things are based on our feelings. Not long ago, I was told about one professor at a university. He had, in the very beginning of the year, he had a bearded young man walked into the classroom. He was big, tall, kind of wide. And the professor was already there and greeted him and addressed him as a he. And this man turned to the professor and said, I would like to be addressed by my pronouns, which is she, her, and hers. And the professor said, I am so sorry, but I believe that our gender is not fluid. It is assigned by the creator and that you cannot change it. To which he was fired two days later. We live in a world that is very, very much focused on feelings. Feelings seem to dictate everything. The absolute truth has been replaced with a relative truth. Well, if it feels right, who are you to tell me that it is wrong? Well, you might say, okay, well, that's secular. That wouldn't be us. After all, we are in a Bible school. Of course not. But I would like you to just be very honest with yourself and think for a little while. How many times did you say, I don't feel like worshiping today, I'm really depressed. I really don't feel like worshiping. It's, it's just been such a heavy week. How about when you say, wow, worship was awesome. What was it based on? What was awesome about it? Was it the lyrics? Was it the musicians? Because they drew you, they were dynamic, and they were able to get your attention? Or was it the type of music or the way it was done? What was awesome about it? When we assess worship, how many times do we base it on how it feels? My husband on Tuesday said that music does not move him. And he referred to the fact that it moves me. And it surely does. And many times, it really, really helps me to get into worship and to really worship. It can also distract. Because if I hear that somebody is off, I have a really hard time worshiping. And there is some, very, very rarely, but there is music type that makes my skin crawl 
And I'm like, oh my goodness gracious, it's screeching, it's not music. Some of you refer to it as heavy metal. And that would absolutely distract me. What is it based on? Those are feelings. How often we filter everything through our feelings. And so today what I would like you to do is to really take a hard look. Because in this generation, so many times, even messages, even songs are very much based on our experience and feelings. Many times they communicate opinions. Sometimes I listen to a message and I am like, at the end of the message, I'm like, wow. He quoted or she quoted one verse. Wow, there was a lot of opinions. Was it really based on the word of God? Or is it my opinion? We all have a lot of opinions. We are very free, especially this generation, expressing opinions. Such a professor does a good job. This professor does a horrible job. Blah, blah, blah. Opinions. Sometimes I feel like asking, how long have you been teaching? Opinions. What is driving your worship? Is it based on feelings? Is it because of the song type, the music type, the musician? Or is it the word of God? Tim brought up the question, do you know the one that you are worshiping? Margie and Dig yesterday said, it needs to be all about him. It's really an act of service. Margie was demonstrating it. I would like to echo that by all means. And take us a little bit farther on that, on what is really worship about? And what is true worship? And why does the Bible talk about true worship? I'm going to read Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Spiritual service of worship. And you are supposed to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. That tells me it's an act of surrender. Surrendering your life doesn't have much to do with singing, does it? Or the music style. It's an act of surrender. How about Hebrew 13, 15? It says, through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. Continually and a sacrifice of praise. It involves effort, giving, sacrifice. Again, 
not much to do with music or singing, does it? Let's read First Chronicles 16, 29 through 34. I'm not going to read everything. I'm going to pick some of that. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Notice again, worship the Lord. Actually, it says tremble before him. Isn't he a loving father? Isn't he the one who always loves us and who comforts us and who is good? Why should I tremble before him? Because at the same time, he is a great God, a holy God, God who hates sin. He, by all means, brings us in. But it also says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Worship, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. He is interested in worship, not only that he's interested and that it's pleasing to him, more, he actually commands us to worship. But let's turn our eyes to scripture that describe the type of worship that he is looking for. For the Father, I'm reading John 4, 23. That was already read on Tuesday, I believe, actually twice. For the Father is seeking such, and before that it's talking about true worshipers, to worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. So he is looking for true worshipers who worship him in spirit and in truth. And the very next verse, John 4, 24, actually says, those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He gives us very, very clear instruction on how to worship and what worship truly is. True worship can never be self-serving. There's nothing wrong with enjoying songs, with enjoying music. As a matter of fact, it is very good. Music is also used for therapy with disabled kids. Because many times music has the ability to open us up and to help us focus and to help us get into where we need to be. So music is great. That's why I cannot worship with heavy metal because I hate it. Now that's a feeling. It has nothing to do with value. But I hate it. It doesn't help me. But if I like certain kind of music, it helps me. So that's good. But is it worship? Or is the very thing that I do and pour my heart and sacrifice and surrender and bring him glory, make him in the center of it all, the true worship. When you truly know the one that you worship, the adoration and the exaltation will flow from your heart. 
You will not have to try to worship him. You will not be able to stop the adoration and the exaltation flowing out of your heart. It does say in Matthew 4.10, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. And that's actually quoting scripture from the Old Testament. Why would God, our loving Father, command us to worship him? As a matter of fact, I ran into a, an older gentleman one time, and, and he said, you say that he's your father, right? Referring to God. I'm like, yes. And you say that he's a loving father, right? I'm like, yes. I am a father too, he said. But what kind of a loving father would want his kids to bow to him and kneel before him and worship him? I'm not interested in a God like that. He really didn't know him. He really didn't know our God. Why, though, I thought, is God commanding us to worship him? He humbled himself. He talks so much about humility. So why does he want us to worship him? I understand that it's pleasing to him. I understand that worship is when we come before him and we worship him. Even as a parent, if a child comes and expresses appreciation and thanks you, it's very, very pleasant. Son, I hope you are listening. But I'm not asking my kids to worship me or bow down before me or kneel before me. Why is God doing that? As I got into the scriptures and as I was studying it, I discovered that he also tells us to seek him. That he tells us to seek him with all, all of our hearts, with all of our mind, with all of our soul. And then the two clicked. He commands us to worship him. Because through worship, we get a glimpse of revelation of who he truly is. Just like we discover who he is by seeking him. The more we seek him, the more we know him. The more we worship him, the more we know him. And when you know him, you will not have to try to worship him. Because worship will flow. Adoration, exaltation will flow out of your heart. In Matthew 15, 9, he says, in vain they worship me. So why is he telling them to worship him? And then he says, in vain they worship me. Because their hearts were removed from what they were doing. And that kind of worship is not worship to him at all. That's why he says, true worship. And true worship is the result of knowing him. The adoration and exaltation will flow out of your heart. He commands us to worship him not because he needs it, 
but because he desires us to know him, just like he commands us to seek him with all of our hearts. As we are talking, and as Brother Dick started about internalizing the word, eating the word, I'm going to read a lot of scriptures. And I'm going to challenge you to really write down the reference and read them again and again and again and again. I am going to challenge you just like even I mentioned in class that you would memorize scripture. This is the optimal time for you guys to memorize scripture. I am very, very thankful to my parents who, when I was growing up, I had to learn one verse, memorize one verse from the Bible per week. And I always had to learn that. I actually did the same thing as a mom. When you memorize it, you are putting it in your heart. You don't even know when you will need it. Just last year, when I was just for a few days, wasn't a big deal. This was exactly my first time. But when I was in a hospital for three days, literally, the first two days, I was so incredibly weak. I was not able to hold an iPad or even a phone. It was like falling down. I was not really able to read. And I was laying there in bed at night. Pain was accompanying me. And I couldn't sleep. It was way too loud. And scripture after scripture after scripture was flooding my mind. Because the scriptures were in my heart. And I am challenging you today that you internalize it. That you do more than just read it. That you do more than just Meditate on it. I am challenging you that you memorize it, that you seek him, that you worship him, and that you keep it in your heart. And as you worship, that you examine your heart. Am I truly worshiping him? Is it about him? Am I surrendering or am I doing it because I like it, because I love it? Again, there's nothing wrong with liking it and loving it, liking music, liking worship, and doing it because you like it. But that is not what worship is all about, unless you put your heart into it, and unless it is true worship. So let us look at some of the verses that urge us to seek him. And I would like to say, just like through seeking him, you get a revelation of who he is. The same way through worship, when you truly worship him, you get a revelation of who he is. So it is again the same thing. When you seek him or worship him with all of your heart. Leviticus 19.31 actually warns us not to seek anybody else. It actually says, give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord, your God. 
You know, it's fascinating. Just not long ago, somebody brought me a book and said, oh, this is a great book. And I open it and I read it and this lady was talking to spirits. I'm like, this verse came to mind. But again, you have to have it in your heart. Because if you don't, you may not know it. Deuteronomy 4.29, you will seek the Lord, your God, and you will find him if you seek him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. First Chronicles 16.10.11, let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works which he has done. The Bible clearly exhorts us to seek him individually and corporately. To worship him individually and corporately. Let's pay attention to Psalm 95.6. It actually says, oh come, let us worship and bow down. Not let me worship and bow down. I should do it alone and we should do it together. Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. First Chronicle 22.19 Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Therefore arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord God so we can worship and seek him together. Second Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, here we go again. Sacrifice, humbling yourself. And pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. We are also told that if we don't seek him, if we don't keep his word in our hearts, more than read it, more than meditate on it, keep it in your heart, you may turn into evil or do evil. Listen to Second Chronicle 12, 14. And he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. He did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Second Chronicle 15, 2. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Psalm 9, 10. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. It has nothing to do with how you feel. It has nothing to do with your circumstances. Look at Job. When he was, when everything was stripped away from him, he still say, I will praise him. I will magnify him. I will exalt him. So what is true worship? 
Are we true worshippers? Or are we basing it on feelings? On how we feel? On our circumstances? I had a great day. I'm ready to worship him. Are you ready to worship him? Oh, it's an awesome day. How about when you have a very bad day? Are you ready to worship him? What I would like to do right now, I would like us to come before him and remember that true worship happens at any time, any place, and under any circumstances. It is not driven by your feeling or how you feel about it. But when you seek him, when you keep his word inside you, when you worship him truly, when you surrender your life, when you are willing to offer your sacrifice, the sacrifice of praise, when you are willing to put yourself totally aside and put him in the center, when you know the one you worship and when his word is in your heart, you will not be able to help it but worship him. The adoration and the exaltation will naturally flow out of your heart.